We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam had a little voice crack there because, it is. because uh, <clears throat> I'm tired. It's been a, been a long weekend. What have, you, what have you done lately? Watching any good movies? Watching any good TV shows? What do you want to talk about today? There's an interesting Formula One <laughs> race yesterday. Didn't go necessarily how everyone expected. Uh it's it's the middle of summer. Anything just, going on? I'm just itching to talk with the Milwaukee Brewers, Andre. Okay, that's why we're here. Um, the vibes were very good uh, a week or so ago, was it, when the Milwaukee Brewers were coming off winning uh, four of five games or five of six games? Is that how it's going? No, four or five, something like that. Four or five games against two uh, very competent, good AL East teams. Two games sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays, two out of three against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the vibes were good, and now we come come to you a little more bummed out than usual after back to back series losses. Two out of three to the well, or Chicago Cubs, and two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Still not punishing it in the standings, but also not able to extend that lead against the St. Louis Cardinals, who are also scuffling. So tough times right now. 
we well, are six, ga- six games from the All Star break. That, that stretch, that ten game stretch, because that is we came out of the Blue Jays and Rays series, and we we're like, hey, they've really they've turned this thing around, and they've got ten games coming up where it's just Pirates and Cubs. Let's make a dent to this thing. They go four and six. Not good enough. No, like not, not, good. not good enough. Like I don't I don't really care for any any mitigating factors. That's just not good enough for this team. And they should be disappointed in that. And there's been a lot of tough moments there. The offense has really kind of failed them against bad teams. Like the Pirates will get into game by game, but my God, I have never seen a team trying to give as many gifts as the Pirates were in one of these games that somehow the Pirates managed to win. Uh Outfield errors, not something I've seen too often in my baseball viewing. Doesn't seem to happen all the time, unless you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. And yet, the Brewers were not able to punish that. And this has come with Brandon Woodruff coming back and looking absolutely incredible, like really pitching well. That's not necessarily equating to guaranteed wins in the way it should be. It's an ongoing situation, or that's the case with Corbin Burns. It's like really you can't give Corbin Burns more than a run here a run there that kind of thing it's it's pretty pretty disappointing like and I don't think I don't think we should duck around that I don't think there's there is no good reason running through like oh you know it's fine it's yeah it's not going to be the end of the season but it's really bad like if you're a serious team you've got to do better in a stretch like that it's a real chance to kick on you've got a comfortable lead in your division but looking at you know if you're to have any real aspirations but the time the postseason comes around well guess what the teams in your league that are not in your division some of those are really really good and you've got to kind of start thinking of how can we find another gear how can we up this and the brewers right now are not doing that as we approach the all-star break one of the problems uh in this series uh of late flip-flopped there have been times this year where injuries to the starting pitching have made the starting pitching kind of an issue here going forward that wasn't really the issue uh, in this series they got some good performances the offense is what it was an offense that's capable at its best and inconsistent most of the time an offense that probably needs one more bat and the question is will they get it that's a conversation for a later day we've still got three weeks or so until that trade deadline but, yeah, this is a series that saw offensive inconsistency and then uh, the bullpen struggle, um, something that, you know, we haven't seen most of the season because they usually have a pretty elite bullpen. But that's the issue when you're not having big leads in baseball games is you rely so much on your bullpen to not just be good but to be perfect. And that's unsustainable over a 162-game season. You can only get bailed out by the bullpen so many times. Uh Game one was the only game they got a win in this series. Aaron Ashby uh, looked a lot better than he has in a while. Um, Not a dominant start by any means, but goes five innings, only three hits, two runs, both of them earned, and two walks, only three strikeouts. We normally see him miss more bats than that. Uh, Only 72 pitches, so uh, Craig Council was was not uh, going to leave him in to to struggle, got him out of the game early. with uh, a lead, I believe it was a three-two Brewers lead when he left the game. Brewers scored first. Keston Hira single. Um, Keston Hira's form has been uh, tremendous lately. He's really he's having a lot more patient at bats as well. So the process is matching the results. It, a little too patient in Sunday's game as he 
uh, left himself victim to a pretty expansive spike strike zone on Sunday. And um, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, a Castillo homer in the fourth made it 2-1. Uh, Colton Wong triple in the right tied it up in the fourth. And then a Jace Peterson single made it 3-2 Brewers. Uh, Aaron Ashby would, would exit the game at that point with a 3-2 lead. Um, and really just a solid performance from him overall. Like to see him maybe get a little deeper into games, more strikeouts. Uh, again, try and cut down on the walks. Two is, you know, a reasonable spot for him. But uh, walks are just a problem for this whole starting rotation right now, it seems. Uh, but he limited the damage, only allowed one homer. And in this case, the bullpen, for the most part, did their job. And Ashby did his. Yeah, I, I one thing I want to touch on with this game you know get some off my chest Andrew this is the first game of the season that the Brewers have been on Apple TV plus and I wanted to watch this live I wanted to sample the Apple TV plus broadcast experience couldn't do it couldn't do it I'm a fully paid up um, MLB TV customer being overseas I don't really have to worry about blackouts ever the only time this season to date that I had to leave the app to watch something else was and the Reds game that was on YouTube. So I'm also an Apple TV Plus subscriber here in Ireland. And do you think I could watch the game? No. So MLB, if you are going to do a deal with Apple, I understand that interest in baseball is not all that great outside of North America. So you got to carry those games in your own product then. Like that's got to be part of your agreement. That's frankly bullshit that people who are paying for your product can't see games. So I the, the game has since been added in full. I haven't had a chance to actually go back and watch the full game. I've seen a condensed game. But yeah, just to get off my chest, I do not like Andrew, particularly because it doesn't happen. I know this is the kind of thing that... <laughs> American fans have to deal with true blackouts on and off, depending where you live, what your market is. I know you've had some stuff with this. This does not happen when you're overseas and there is no good reason for it to happen. So that was annoying. And I hope it doesn't become an issue again. I'm sure they will be on Apple TV Plus at least once more. But that's the first thing I wanted to say on that. From the glimpses of what I saw, nice change of pace with the actual broadcast itself. Presentation seemed good and interesting. The visuals are outstanding on Apple TV. Um, I don't, you would know more about the technical uh, details of that than I would if, if presented with the information. I obviously would not know what I'm looking at. Also, th- there's been a lot of online complaining. Can you believe this, Adam? People complained online about something. Did you realize that was a thing that happened? Sure. About the Apple broadcasters uh, most of the year. Um, it's for this team, it's Melanie Newman, um, Chris Young, Hannah Kaiser. Uh, I can't remember the name of the sideline reporter. I thought they were just fine. It was a slightly different uh, broadcast of three people that know and like baseball. It was fine. Like people need to calm down. Like it was a fine broadcast. And like I said, visually stunning. My issue is your issue that, uh, that you weren't able to see it. Also, the only other issue with the broadcast is they were putting up like hit probabilities or like double play probabilities. And I'm not sure where, where that math was coming from uh, because it didn't seem to like add up to like actual real baseball numbers. Well, I, I liked that wrinkle being there, but my assumption was that's probably only coming out from, okay, the count is two and two. What is the probability of 
Like, I think that's a dangerous. You uh, kind of have to, in baseball, you, you have to give more context than that. Because if, for example, if you're like, it's a 2-2 count, this is the probability of reaching base. If it's O'Neill Cruz at the plate, like you've got to factor in what's the probability of O'Neill Cruz reaching the plate at a 2-2 count. Maybe that was there, but I maybe at some point, again, I didn't see the whole broadcast. Maybe they actually break through break down some of that stuff talk about it at the start but it's definitely of all the sports if you're gonna get into having those kind of numbers as part of your broadcast which great like very much additive if you can do that but you've got to have that right so i i have no idea but i did have the same thought of is this just you know replacement level player with a 2-2 count or is this that specific player in this situation against a pitcher like this you know it's kind of Pandora's box once you get into that, which is probably the reason why a lot of local broadcasts just do not touch that kind of stuff. Uh, to proceed further along in the game, we got a Willie Adamas insurance run homer in the seventh, uh, which would turn out to be very important. Uh, Trevor Gott, Hobie Milner, and Devin Williams, I should say, all worked scoreless innings. So this was a game where the bulk of the bullpen really did a nice job. Devin working around a pair of base runners to get out of a jam. And then Josh Hader allowing a run in his third consecutive appearance. So his struggles continue. One inning pitch, two hits, one run it was earned, a walk and, a, and two strikeouts. Uh, this game could have been tied at a certain point if uh, Willie Adamas did not make a heads-up play. Daniel Vogelbach signals to center with two outs. Uh, Castillo soars and then Kevin Newman. Not sure what he was doing there. Uh, got a little too aggressive, went home, and Willie Adamas a throw to the plate to record the out. Uh, so he also scared... had, he had a, re- a great running play um for an out of first. I can't remember who it was, but it was a close call where it was you know no guarantee. Like very very good game from Willie overall. Uh, I actually thought a lot of his his base running was very good in this this series too. Uh, the other thing to mention just is that slightly kind of scary finish to this game, <laughs> as, as in it finished with like. Uh, Caratini having to tag, can't remember who it was for the final out at the plate with like Josh Hader standing behind him, kind of just hoping and praying that no one was going to fumble it and that they were they were going to blow this. Like it got very very close down to the last out. Yeah. So as I was saying, you really want to thank Kevin Newman there for uh, thinking he's faster than he is. Sometimes sometimes we all think better of ourselves and things go awry but yeah uh so a 4-3 win in game one uh, uh can, can just because we're gonna again this pirates roster yes it just feels like one of the weirdest around because there are there are multiple really good players and then there are like the other half of the team is guys that just are absolutely terrible it's it feels very very strange watching them game to game because there's players that you're like oh you know legitimately strike fear and then whether it's at the plate or even more so defensively there's just so many disasters out there too it's a really really weird mix of players on the roster yeah and i think another part of it is they've got pretty much and he's he i think he's been pretty bad against the brewers uh which which has been funny is they've got two pretty consistent guys game over game like that you can be relied on and that's brian reynolds and an old friend daniel vogelbach and then you have the guys that are 
clearly really talented, but have been inconsistent, like Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz. Uh, and then he, Michael Chavis is pretty good. And then everyone else is just like not very good at baseball, which is <laughs> what has led people to wonder whether or not they'll try and continue this rebuild and trade Brian Reynolds to get people in, in the age range of O'Neill Cruz, get a big prospect haul. It is a pretty weird roster. It's a bad roster. It's why going into game two, the Brewers were nine and two against the Pirates this season. And yet now they're nine and four. Uh, but yeah, very weird roster. And the, I mean, the biggest thing they didn't take advantage of was, I mean, the pitching's only okay. I mean, like JT Brubaker's not scary. Didn't really light him up. Zach Thompson, definitely not scary. Didn't really light him up. Uh, some decent relievers, but yeah, it's just a, it's just like a, a weird run of the mill, bad baseball team. Uh, in their case, the, the defense is, is pretty interesting from time to time. Ben Gamble is an adventure in whichever part of the outfield he's in. Um, Kevin Newman was supposed to be a very good uh, defensive shortstop when he came up, obviously with O'Neill Cruz being one of the better prospects in baseball. He's been moved to second when he plays. Uh, yeah, just a very strange team. Uh, my favorite. They've got no are... arms, no arms in the outfield at all. Which you know, in some of the games, there was no arms in the outfield for either team, which is interesting. Yeah, um, Brian Reynolds not the strongest arm. Gamble definitely not the strongest arm. No, Castillo neither. We didn't have any uh, scary moments like when Nelson Velasquez was almost throwing out uh, Christian Yelich, where I could be impressed by by a throwing arm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. 
Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Uh, game two, like you said, was Brandon Woodruff being very good and then getting let down. Six innings pitched, four hits, three runs, uh, all of them earned, three walks, nine strikeouts. Uh, he pitched into the seventh inning, allowed uh, the first two runners of that inning to reach base, and then uh, another kind of struggling performance from Brad Boxberger. Uh, an inning pitch for him allowed a homer uh, that would score three runs, I believe. Um, and from that point on, uh, that was just kind of uh, that was kind of it. The bats kind of went silent after that. Uh, and it was a, a tough one to lose when Brandon Woodruff is is pitching so well and you stake yourself to that early lead because that's that's something we want to see more of is the Brewers scoring in early innings to give that starting pitcher some, you know, some sense that, all right, the, the guys have my back for scoring runs. But uh, a, Luis Arias homer in the second uh, got one home. Andrew McCutcheon, a single in the fifth, scored a run to make it 2 nothing, And then Keston Hira continues his strong play. Uh makes it three nothing brewers and Sunday, you know, was, was another disconcerting loss for reasons, but this one's the one that really hurt because this was the one where Brandon Woodruff's on the mound. He's, you know, showing how dominant he can be again. And then you just let it so slowly slip away in that seventh inning. And the guy that's normally reliable, Brad Boxberger uh, struggles and the offense, I mean, it's it's t- it's really not great that Boxberger's given up that home run there, but you got to score more than three runs. Yeah, if well, you expect to win a baseball game. Right after it, I mean, they had two on with no outs. Like they followed that up. You're like, okay, great, let's get it back. And there was a competitive at bat from Rowdy, where I think he ultimately kind of struck out after at a three two count after fouling off a few. And then really, really poor at bats from Kutch and Colton Wong. And that was that was tough. But I mean, you zoom out the thing with that game that was painful about it is aside from the control that you felt the Brewers had with Woodruff's pitching, you've got guys on base throughout, like two for thirteen with runners in scoring position. Nine left on base as opposed to two for seven runners in scoring position for the Pirates and five left on base. Like you're letting the Pittsburgh Pirates steal one with very little offense. That is not good. Like it's just really, really frustrating loss. Yeah, I, f- I forgot about the, the the runners on in in the seventh because after that they go three up, three down in the eighth, three up, three down in the ninth, and that that more than the home run was kind of the moment where it was like okay this one's over we weren't able to get the run in there um yeah very very uh very tough loss like we said not not season ruining not anything like that but just you gotta beat the teams that you're better than and you're better than this pirates team we just talked about how uh strange and mostly bad their roster is and just couldn't get it done in two of these three games and this one in particular was just there to be one I do – I'll shift to a positive statement. Uh, really, really just can't say more about the season Hobie Milner's having. Like, he is just as reliable as ever to come in and 
give them a fighting shot in this game uh, in the late innings by keeping it uh, a one-run deficit. One inning pitch, three strikeouts. Just a, a great outing from him. And uh, Yandel Gustave, who's um, mm-hmm. back with the team now, having him as an option in some of these uh, you know, games where you're losing so you don't want to use Devin or Hayter or just if a starter goes out early and you need someone in the middle innings, having Gustave instead of some of the other options that were available in the early season has been really nice. He's, he's uh, you know, pitching – uh, down some of those early season struggles. He's got his ERA down to 405. Um, but yeah, just a, a really nice performance from Hobie Miller and Yangel Gustave. Uh, moving on to Sunday's game three. Um, another frustrating one. This one was a back and forth game and one where they kind of found themselves clawing their way back from time to time. It just wasn't enough. It was one of those uh, Sunday travel day lineups where. They were just throwing stuff out there and, and seeing what happened. Uh, Mike Barrasso, who was excellent, started at third base. Um, I, just on on, on Bras, because, I mean, right there, I was thinking we're, we're probably not seeing enough of him relative to some other guys we're seeing. Like, he's yeah. been really consistent with the bat all season. And particularly when you look over, say, the last 10 games uh, where the Brewers have been really lacking, it's like he is probably a guy right now that, you're being plenty creative because of your your injuries and just your general lack of depth in the outfield and in getting all sorts of guys out there. Some combination of that should be should be kind of working with the view to getting Mike Brasso some infield reps. Or and to DH, DH as opposed to what they're seemingly having to do some at DH because of the weird tree catcher thing. If Andrew McCutcheon is in the outfield and there's a left-hander on the mound, I, I mean, Brasso has to be in the lineup, has to be the DH in that situation. So I'm wondering if we'll see that more moving forward. Kurt Hogg pointed this out um, during the game. Um, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is just the pickup of Brasso was one of the shrewder offseason moves they made. Uh, 293 batting average, 376 OBP, 476 slug. OPS plus of 140 has the four homers, four RBI, and only 93 plate appearances. But he's just been very good with the bat and was very good in this game, uh, a game where the Brewers would fall behind early uh, on a Kevin Newman single in the second to score O'Neal Cruz. Brian Hayes would score when Pedro Severino just allowed a ball to go directly behind him. Uh, so still that, not that sure. to me looked like he took his eye off the ball, like literally, which as a catcher is quite interesting. But in watching it, I was like, he, I actually feel like you could see him not looking at the ball. Like it wasn't way off the plate. Like <laughs> I, I just don't understand how that happens. That was really bad. It's the worst thing we've seen from a catcher all season, which is not surprising given Caratini and Omar are very, very tidy. He, uh, it's it's like he was trying to frame it, but he just has no idea how to frame pitches. And, and he th- forgot to catch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have to have the ball to do that. Um, I think I saw something uh, during the game that he, the last two seasons, led the American League in pass balls. So this is something that the Brewers were hoping to work with him on which is his pitch receiving and his pitch framing and in that case not so much he did I, I i need to i need to give credit where credit is due though before i say something mean he did have a really nice uh throw out of a runner later in the game so good play there 
That being said, it just does not make sense to have him on this roster and be carrying three catchers. I don't understand it. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Renfro and uh, Taylor come back, hopefully this week against San San Francisco, it sounds like. Roster crunch coming and holding three catchers and sending someone like Brasso down or Keston down with the way they're hitting makes zero sense. So I got to think something will happen there. But yeah, Keston really finding his groove coming up to that big for him. Good timing. Uh, there's there's no way right now you can send Keston down. Brasso is probably in more danger, even though he shouldn't be. But like Severino is just it's right there in front of you. It couldn't be more obvious. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, to Brian Hayes scores on that pass ball two nothing Pittsburgh, but Milwaukee claws back in the bottom of the third answers quickly. A Mike Brasso single <laughs> the aforementioned Mike Brasso single to right to score Jonathan Davis, Luis Urias singles to score Willie Adamas. It's 2-2. And then in the fifth inning, Cabrian Hayes, one of those very talented, young, but inconsistent Pirates, steps up uh, in a moment and hits a homer into the right field stands. That that short porch over and right, the, the, uh, the Pirates had uh, some fun time hitting some balls out there. Eric Lauer, not a great performance, not a bad performance. He uh, struggled through command issues, uh, through a lot of pitches, through five innings, five innings pitch, six hits, three runs. Two, two of them were earned, only one walk, uh, despite the high pitch count, and did allow that home run to Hayes, which is something that um, Flowers struggled with this year. I think uh, I was reading somewhere he's already allowed more home runs this year than he did the entirety of last season. As we're talking through this, I'll fact check that. Uh, excuse me, I burped. That's what happens early in the morning. Uh, Ty Windish, we uh, gave a stat that he provided last week. I went back and fact checked it, nailed it. Good job, Ty Windish. They don't call him little time Ty for a reason. He is big time Ty, and uh, he locked it in. So shout out to him. I don't I don't need to pump his tires any more than, uh, than, no, than that. Not. Yeah, he's so Lauer allowed 16 home runs last year. He's allowed 18 this year. So, yeah, good, good for me. Uh, I got something right. Not, not good for Lauer. Not good for Lauer. Uh, the, the Brewers, again, would claw back and, and get another run. Jonathan Davis, who was on base again. Jonathan Davis had a great game against the Pirates. On, on base in the fifth, Willie Adamas doubles to score him to tie the game at three. Then uh, with Adamas on third, Luis Arias sack fly to center on a kind of a shallow fly ball. Uh, and he still got home. So good base running from Willie there. And another, again, evidence, Adam, of the Pittsburgh Pirates not really having any outfield arms. Then in the sixth inning, which Trevor got on the mound, uh, things would fall apart again. Michael Chavis, Homer to right field in that same area that Brian Hayes hit his. And then uh, the moment after I sent a message into the Discord amongst our Brewers friends, I said, if, if O'Neill Ho- Cruz Homer's here, I'm going to cry. O'Neill Cruz made me cry with a home run. And from there, four or five, four Pirates, tight game. Uh, scoreless inning from Gustave. Uh, Brett Suter comes in, throws a scoreless inning, allows a double to start the ninth, and then records two outs, leaves the game. And instead of bringing in Devin Williams or Josh Hader or Brad Boxberger or somebody that you would want in that situation, Craig Council brings in Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, and then with he would walk to Brian Hayes and then old friend Dan Vogelbach 
hits a home run to center field, uh, crushed that baseball. And from there, hits an 8-4 game. Goes from a one-run game that the Brewers are in to quickly being just uh, mostly done, as, as we will learn in a bit. They would try and claw back yet again. But uh, puzzling decision there. He's, it's counsel. Uh, it's it's dumb. It's trying dumb. To, trying to get away with things in a in a Sunday getaway day game. And if you I, – I get it to an extent with the lineup. I get it with using Suter for one inning. I don't understand it when you get to the ninth inning and you are in this game. You have shown several times over in this game, we're scrapping today. We're getting runs across when, after we fall behind. We're here. We're doing it. Bring in one of your guys. Bring, bring in box. one of your – One out. One out. Bring Box in. Kutch hits a two-run homer in the ninth. Like, I know you can't be like, oh, they would have won. That's not how it works. Yeah, butterfly effect. But Exactly. But – that's there for you. Like you're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's not bringing Chichi Gonzalez is like actively trying to lose, particularly at a point where I get it. And he is very rigid and sticking to if we're behind, he doesn't care if it's five runs or one run, he is not going to the a bullpen and that's fine. So you bring in Gustave and he does the business. Great. You bring in and you stretch out Suter. And you still got away with it. Now you all you just need someone to come in, get you an out, and you've got a chance to steal the game or send the text trainings in the ninth. And you choose to bring in a guy who I don't think he's had any bullpen. Is this his first bullpen appearance as a brewer? As a brewer, I, yep. I believe I so. Can't. And as a starter, he has not been good. What are what is what are we doing? What is the point? It's like actively trying to lose the game. I don't get it. You're close enough to try and win one. Um, and particularly when overall recently it's it's been disappointing. Like this is not fatal. It doesn't make it any any more logical. Like did I there's no sound thought process here. None at all. You can't sound me on it. It doesn't make sense. And you get punished for it. Uh he it was his second relief outing. He pitched three against Pittsburgh in, in that uh, game that they lost seven to four, three scoreless in that game. But yeah, coming into a situation where late game situation, you need the big out. It, it just didn't make sense. It was not something that I think uh, was logical in that situation. And like you said, McCutcheon homers uh, in the ninth to make it an eight, six loss. Who knows what happens if they go into that game or go Can into we, that situation uh, down sorry, by four. Sorry, I'm, I'm not over this yet. People people probably be like, who cares? This is a pointless game this time of year. Why is he getting mad? He's an idiot. Again, I'm going to bring non-baseball fan perspectives to that. Sunday at AmFam. Good crowd. Always a good crowd at AmFam. You're in the game. You have a chance to win. You've got your home fans there. I'm just imagining something which will happen at some point where I make a trip to Milwaukee. I come from the other side of the world and I go and see some Brewers games. And if I went and saw that and Craig Council's like, you could win this game, but I'm going to give you Chi-Chi Gonzalez to give up a tree-run homer in the ninth to make sure we don't. I would be pissed. Like, it's... I, I don't... This is, again, like, maybe this goes to the conversation we were having an episode or two ago where it's like, this season is too long and it leads to just a greater willingness to be like, yeah, this is kind of punting the game, but hey, bigger fish to fry and all that. It just sucks. Uh, as a product, like that's bad all around. You're not doing anything for your fans. 
I, if if you'd gone to watch that game, it's like, hey, you know, we're in a game here. Maybe we get a big finish. You know, could get a walk off home homer for a win. Memorable moment for everyone. No, Chichi Gonzalez is gonna just throw this game away. Like that. That is another element of it where I again will openly admit that is baseball newbie. But I'm just imagining if I went to that game and they're right in it. And you know there is a chance, and you know, given the opposition, it's like, yeah, we could get a big finish here. We could get a nice win. And council goes, Chichi Gonzalez. May not matter in the standings, but I, I do think it just it matters all around. I think it matters to fans. It matters as a moment and how you treat it. Yeah, the the long nature of the baseball season and trying to find time for your guys here and there, notwithstanding. I think my bigger issue is literally don't just bring in the worst pitcher on your roster. In that's situation. it. Bring that's... In, I'm not looking for Devin Williams or Josh Hader. Like, you don't have to. I understand why it's not that. But it's just like, give yourself a chance. I mean, I know Hobie Milner's, he's played a two before, so it's not going to be him. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, I, and it probably is him, or it's probably Gustave and Milner is in at that kind of point if he hadn't played the two previous. But, I mean, you had Box out in the bullpen warming up before Gustave came in, I think. Mm, maybe not. That's Yeah, no, that would be that would be in a spot where it's like, okay, well, if we tie it here, Box is going in. One out. One out. And you know what? After Box's recent spell, might have been any harm to get him in and have him get a one out and feel a bit better about himself and then you know what, maybe the offense sparks something and you could be patting box in the back and being like, good job, you did what you needed, you helped us to win one today, where the day before, he absolutely helped us to lose one and I'm sure felt that himself. Like, I I just don't think that's very smart management on any level. And well, I guess wider point here, Chichi Gonzalez should not be on the roster. I don't know what we're doing. Like, we've moved past the point uh, as... Ashby's back now. Woodruff is back. There's there's no need for this, and that should be the end of that. Freddie's throwing too, right? Freddie's throwing. Freddie True, a decent bullpen, supposedly. Like he's he's couple of innings worth bullpen, so that's good. Um, before we move on to Master Brewer points, I do want to. Uh backtrack another take like I do often on this podcast. Um, anyone that doesn't make the all-star team, I want them to have a very relaxing week. I no long, longer want Rowdy in the home run derby because he looks like a man in need of a long rest. I know he's an outdoorsman. Maybe he can have a nice week on the lake. Hunting, right. fishing, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I know he's a hunter. Uh, fishing might that... be better get his feet up and just you yeah know. Ex- exactly i don't know that i don't know what seasons milwaukee has it's typically not not a hunting season in the summer so he can you know head out to one of the lovely lakes in the area have a cooler ice cold beer some fresh air uh rest and recovery no more home run derby wishes for me i just want everyone to have a nice restful week except for two people who we'll talk about later potentially three uh, shall we move to Master Brewer points? I mean, summing this up is just a really disappointing series. I think uh, the players said it, the beat writers said it, Twitter said it, 
and now we've said it just uh a no a no good very bad very bad series and uh hope to turn it around before the all-star break like we said we've got six more games i think the team's in need of a rest and i think the fans might be too just because 162 to be a to be a, a fan of a 162 sport it uh it wears on you a little bit um but yeah just uh, a tough weekend monster brew points brown and Bodorf. sure he ends up charged tree earned runs brad boxberger does not help him out on that front um but six innings pitched nine strikeouts just four hits three walks I believe it was no hits through four um, and like incomplete command at that point. And you could see it loosening up. And then it, in hindsight, although I also feel like in the moment, the question of he gives you six scoreless, do you really need to put him out there for seven as he is still kind of ramping back up? Pitch count was low. I get why it happens, but that one didn't work out. Um, but doesn't take away from how good he looked particularly in those early innings and how good he's looked since returning from injury. So that is very, very welcome and a big, big deal for this team. Like we know what they've had with Corbin Burns all along to also feel like you've got something which is basically equivalent. Like right now, there's not a whole lot between the level of performance of those two guys. And that is saying something given how good Corbin Burns has been. Um, great job by Woody and great to have him back and not just back but really back to his best Luis Arias three of eight three runs batted in two walks and a homer just really really consistent uptick in his play generally of late um, one of the guys that has been showing a little bit more with the bat basically since I think you may have made the point of kind of asking for some more from him I, I, he's kind of delivered on that. He's looking very good. His good friend, Willie Adamez, also gets a beer, 5 of 13. One homer, two RBI, one walk, and plenty of good work with the glove out in the field. I do, while we're talking about Willie, something I forgot to bring up during the game. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see um, his his replay situation on, on a double he hit. Did Yes, the, the foul ball. Uh, yeah, so the if you've seen the game, you know, Willie hit kind of a slicing double like right before the wall right in right field. Uh, called it fair on the field. Uh, Pirates argued that it was foul. Replay showed me absolutely nothing. I have no Impossible. idea where that ball. Okay, I just wanted yeah. to you know, just get your perspective on that just because you. Call call stands was the actual call for the umpires, which was just we have no clue because I mean it looked it looked right on the line, and if I was to make a call, I would probably say it was right of the line and it was foul, but there was nothing conclusive that they could have changed the call. We need to go back to chalk. No more paint. We need to see the chalk fly up. Uh, I I made a point to ask you and forgot to do it during the game uh, game recap. Because I know you, for work and for personal life, you have to watch a lot of VAR. We're drawing lines on a TV yeah, trying yeah, to decide sure. if some guy's armpit is past the the last defender. So, yeah. That's, a, that's to... a tough spot, though. The way the foul line comes in down in the corner there at Amphan, that's a tough spot to get cameras to, which is part of the issue there. It's like you can't get a straight 
shot on it, which that's probably something they should, you know, brainstorm, work to address. It worked out nicely for them this time, but the flip side is if that's called foul, that, that it's not getting overturned, and that, that wouldn't be quite as fun. But can we yeah, get, I, can we uh, get Hawkeye on the foul lines? It doesn't seem like Major League Baseball is interested in, you know, making sure they get a lot of these calls right. Speeding up the process it takes to get these calls right or wrong. That's just one observation I have. Doesn't seem like they're particularly interested in that stuff. To continue, go on. (laughs) Yes, they're they're just here for the the chaos is what I was going to say. To continue, Master Brew points, Kesson Hira, 4 of 10, 2 walks, 1 RBI. Massive props to Keston. We've been very critical of him at times this season. Not quite as all or nothing right now. You know, he's he's showing some consistency, and you see him start every game here. We talked on the last episode, left field might be a good spot for him in some ways right now. Obviously, he made that incredible catch at the wall in the previous series. His complete lack of an arm is an issue out there. Uh, we we saw that be an issue in this series, but you're going to find somewhere for him if he keeps hitting like this. So good for him, and let's hope that continues. And lastly, bullpen recognition, Hobie Miller. Two innings pitched, four strikeouts, no hits, no walks. Truly, truly fantastic. Right in line with what he's been doing all season long. A real revelation for the Brewers. That's one that is totally deserved for this series, but also he is probably overdue some recognition from us for what he's been doing all season. That means yeah. leaderboard true 87 games, ready to les, top of 12. Corbin Burns, one behind with 11. Yelly's got nine. Jace has eight. Hater and Willie on seven. Kutch on six. And on five, we've got Brandon Woodruff, Luis Arias, Tyrone Taylor, Devin Williams, Hunter Renfro. On four, Hobie Milner, Colton Wong, Eric Lauer, Kesson Hura. Jason Alexander, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta, and Victor Caratini are on three. Box, Omar, and Hauser on two. And with a single beer, Jonathan Davis, Trevor Gott, Luke Barker, Peter Schoeslecht. Moving on to the look ahead before we get to some good news to end the podcast on. The Milwaukee Brewers, as I've said like 10 times, because I'm probably just trying to remind myself, uh, have six games until the All-Star break. Um, They have a day off today, get rested up, and then head to Minnesota to take on the Twins. A 640 Central start on Tuesday, July 12th. Jason Alexander versus Josh Winder. Wednesday, July 13th, 12-10 Central start. Aaron Ashby versus Joe Ryan. And then four with the San Francisco Giants, uh, a West Coast swing. Um, so I'm going to have some late nights on Thursday and Friday. Who am I kidding? I don't sleep anyway. I just anxiety. Thursday, July 14th, 8.45 Central. The start that we were deprived of during a playback way back in April, Adam. Corbin Burns against Carlos Rodon. Friday, July 15th, 9.15 Central start. Brandon Woodruff versus Alex Wood. Saturday, July 16th, 6.15 Central Start. Eric Lauer versus Alex Cobb. This is on uh, Homer Simpson Fox. No free ads, but it's uh, it's on uh, on national TV. Then the final game before the All-Star break, 3.05 Central Time, Jason Alexander versus Logan Webb. 
And that will get us to the All-Star break. Uh, be interested to watch the uh, Futures game on Sunday from Dodger Stadium. Jackson Shurio and Antoine Kelly will be Brewers representatives there. And then, Adam, uh, congratulations are in order for two Brewers. And uh, me being mad is in order for another Brewer. But uh, Josh Hader and Corbin Burns both going to be on the National League All-Star team. Thoughts? My first thought is just having run through the upcoming Brewer schedule. Obviously, they flip things around. They're spacing Corbin out a little bit more than they usually would. And when you look at the schedule and you look at the schedule he was on, he would have been down for two more starts in theory. Am I right in assuming that the reason they have changed that up is because of the All-Star game and that he will be pitching during that break? So they only want them to have one more game between now and then? Potentially, I think they would kind of deprioritize the All Star game and not really care if he gave sure. to pitch in that. Uh, but it yeah, is still his it. arm. I I get like, and that's a really annoying thing. But I would imagine in more than any other sport that baseball teams and with pitchers, like the All Star game, is an incredible inconvenience. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, uh, take these ESPN pitching matchups with a grain of salt. I was like surprised they had them extended as far as they had uh but yeah that is that is an interesting point to make um i would want to get as many corbin burn starts as possible but uh yeah maybe maybe that is a factor um but yeah they're getting that i guess the uh the full five five main rotation gets to go this week is that is that what we're looking at yeah i mean just even alexander twice more before all-star is interesting it leads me to believe that this is not right and that ESPN has done something I don't know, wrong. though. I, they probably have announced because, it, obviously, you've got a weird two-game schedule. I, if any of the beat writers have put it out there, I, I've missed some of those updates. But it's it's weird, but it's also it's weirdly specific, Andrew. For that to be the thing that's wrong would be surprising because we have seen ESPN have no problems just leaving those those slots blank on their website. That yeah, that is true. Is there a method to their madness? I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Corbin and and Josh the All Star game, as you were saying, do we want to see them pitch in that game? Uh, either way, probably. If 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 you don't get so, give me give me it, give me the lowdown. Like uh, for Corbin, for example, what what can we expect? Does he get an inning? Is that that's that's basically how it works. Uh, sometimes the starter will go two but usually it's just an inning for as many people as they can get in in nine innings. And that's kind of, that's kind of that guys come out uh, in one inning stints that normally don't do one inning stints and are just pumping a hundred. So we'll get show show Shohei Otani uh, throwing a hundred miles an hour uh, against uh, trying to think of a national league uh, Bryce Harper's hurt uh, Juan Soto. We'll just call it Juan Soto. And then, Everyone leaves and hopes nobody got hurt. That's kind of the uh, the name of the game with the All Star game. I'm excited to check out my first All Star game. I would like Devin Williams to be on the roster. Maybe he will still end up on a roster as a replacement, but that was a little disappointing just in terms of the initial announcement. Yeah, it's tough because as often as we're trying to recognize performances in a series, sometimes non closer relief pitchers can get left out and he seems to have been a victim of that and he's also 
a victim of every team having to have a representative. Uh, because what is, what is the logic here? I, I mean, I I understand the logic. I, I get, but I, I get that we want to pretend all our teams matter, but all your teams do not matter. Well, that you've, you've just answered it. <laughs> they want to pretend all the teams matter. I just uh, like imagine if that was the case in the NBA. It would be insane. It would be insane. I I, I found I found who's I the Reds? For... Who's the Reds representative? Joey Votto. Luis Castillo, and okay. he's good pitcher, but Carlos Rodon not being on this roster with the sure. way he's pitched this year for Castillo, it's just there are snubs by nature of the way this process works. And it's uh, – so, I, I all right, great. I found the stat to make my case. Devin Williams ranks fourth in National League relievers with 1.3 Fangraphs war. Uh, which is higher marginally than David Bednar and uh, Joe Mantiply. I don't know how his name's pronounced. So, uh, yeah. You, are you telling me you don't want the airbender in the all-star game, Major League Baseball? Come on now. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the reality of why he's not there. But, I mean, he deserves to be there. Um, and some more boring options are going to be there and make your product worse but as we've talked about sometimes baseball doesn't care about that uh sometimes all the time who could say i have a prediction for the all-star game um i i think they're fans of teams of players that are more deserving that are yelling for their guys to be the the starters on the mound it's going to be verlander versus kershaw ten thousand percent that's just what's going to happen so nobody acts surprised when it does yeah, I can see that. All right. We're going to have, you know, two good teams coming up. Are things going to take an uptick as they tend to when the Brewers play good teams and do well against good teams and will feel better? Um, This season's just been a roller coaster. All the injuries, some really great moments, some baffling moments. So it would not, it would not shock me to see a two-game sweep in Minnesota and then a split or three or four against the Giants. Giants, uh, not what they were at the beginning of the season. And Sliding, definitely, yeah. definitely not what they were last season. Uh, so can they take advantage of, of that? Time will tell. Minnesota having a good year. Uh, similar area as the Brewers with their record, 40 and 48, or 48 and 40. They've got a four and a half game lead over the Cleveland Guardians. Um, San Francisco 43 and 41 now, 12 and a half games back uh, of the Dodgers. So they have really started to slide, and they're a game back of the Phillies for that third and final wild card spot. So uh, six games against, we'll call them at the very least competent teams. So uh, day of travel and uh, time to uh, hit the ground running and, and start winning again. All right. That does it for us. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It's cruising for a bruising. If you enjoy what you hear, you should also go and leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, One, it's always nice to hear good things. But two, it helps more people to uh, come across our podcast, helps us to get the word out there even further. So if you've got a couple of seconds, particularly on Apple Podcasts, um, and you feel so inclined, five-star rating and a brief review would be very, very welcome. Make sure you check out all the rest of the Eurostep Podcast Network stuff. That's books, pods, 
um, via the Gerstop Podcast Network feed. All sorts of summer league stuff going on at the moment. So we'll have continued breakdowns of Marjan Beauchamp and the rest of the book summer crew. Uh, GSPN.info, you can get into the Discord there. That will get you into the Brewers channel in there with all sorts of Brewers conversation. You can hear all of Andrew's thoughts in real time. If you're a member in there, you'd probably be surprised to hear him on this podcast because I do believe the game three against the Pirates made him resign. But if you <laughs> want to be privy to all of that, gspn.info you can fill out the form in there we'll get you in and um, the link to the gspn store gspnstore.com is also there cruising for bruising merch there if you want to support us it's always greatly greatly appreciated and we've got the substack gspn.substack.com all pods go directly to your inbox there along with andrew's master brew write-ups so if you're not already subscribed to the substack go do it we're on twitter at brewers gspn I'm at Adam McGill 11. Andrew's at AC Snide. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam.